0: Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in radio, Ronald J. Martin. Baby, it's just you and me today. Just
1: you and me. Pipes just. gone,
0: pipes... The dynamic duo. I know. The dynamic duo. Gosh, we're dynamic this morning too, I know, aren't man. we? Man, it's
1: kind of like it's kind of like our old school uh, radio days, way back in the day, way back yeah. in our Fort Wayne days.
0: Oh gosh, Fort Wayne, dude! Don't get me started on that city of dreams. My goodness. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> regarding those old those old radio TV days, do you have the lights turned off in your studio so that you can't see anything? Hundred percent. Yeah, is it, yeah, it's, is it's it super dark, dark in there? And I got yeah. like a camera
1: recording the whole thing, obviously, because I can't. Obviously, yeah. baby, I can't do this without you know having a full video recording. <laughs> F- well, absolutely.
0: Doing. <laughs> well, and you, and as a radio pro, you just kind of go back, you review it, you make sure you oh, you look absolutely, yeah, yeah, looked and sounded. Sending sending
1: in all my micro edits to our editor. Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know? No, I mean that's that's just what pros do, and we are nothing if not radio pros. And as such, we are uh, aligned, as it were, um, with a huge media conglomerate. Is it lucrative? Not really. Um, are we still waiting around often to get paid? We are. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna take a short break baby and, and mm-hmm. let that company run some ads Yes. Uh, we'll be back in two and two.
1: Hi everyone. if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free.
0: All right, we're back, baby. How about that uh how about that vibrant conversation we had off the air about higher education? Oh, man, kind was kinda...
1: it was just it was it was uh what's the word? Tintillating? No,
0: is that even a word? <laughs> yeah, tintillating. <laughs> <Scintillating>. <laughs> the word is Yeah, scintillating, scintillating. or titillating. I know I yeah, was, that, yeah. that's
1: a word that's never uh, ne- you know after after all this it's time never... in seminary I still haven't learned what that word means. So, it's... That's
0: okay. They they didn't they didn't go over it scintillating at uh at seminary but they did seminary. tell me scintillatings awards so there you go yeah. yeah i bet they did yeah we'll have to we'll have to talk to jared about that one but um baby just thinking about college made me think about college movies mm. which made me think about goodwill hunting oh, yeah. which is on my my mount rushmore of college movies uh it's affleck and damon young affleck young damon uh, doing what they do best, which is being together, movies, and it made me think of the movie Air. Oh yeah, which is which is upcoming, which seems to have like engaged and delighted you in in sort of weird ways, and you have this thing where, like, you hate sports. You're somebody who says the word sports ball. <laughs> um, which makes me actually want to kill you. I really, I really, I really just don't say, say that word to you. I mean,
1: full yeah. disclosure. Let's yeah. be honest. You're you're being you're being you're generalizing. <laughs> I really don't say that. I know. I know that's a word I, that irritates people. And I actually do love sports. Yeah. I just love one sport. I just don't love yeah. you know ball sports. That's
0: all. Yeah, you you love one but to be fair, you know the 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 movie Air is sort of predicated on the idea of ball sports. It is. Um, but you, you do love sports movies. You love Jerry Maguire. Uh, you love, you know, boxing movies, Rocky and Creed. And, uh, what, what is it about the the movie air? And we're going to use this, this little air discussion is going to go like three minutes and it's going to be the appetizer for a longer discussion. And it's going to be sort of us like putting a, putting a broader face on something that we want to talk laser specifically about. But, uh, what, what has you excited about the movie here?
1: Well, I just, yeah, I love, um, one of the things you get sometimes with sports movies is like, they're, they're like feel good movies and mm-hmm. you don't, you don't see a lot of feel good movies coming out these days, right? Where yeah. it's just, there's not a lot of controversy in it. It's just a really good, yeah. well-told story. And what I, I like down on, I like down on your luck story. So I like the underdog mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. up The guy that's that's against it, um, you know, kind of like the rookie where you got Robert Redford. He just like everything went wrong and he makes a comeback. And in the end, it doesn't turn out exactly how he wanted it or everybody wanted it. But it turns out, okay. and there's like a redemptive aspect to it. So I just I love I love stories where the guy that didn't get the breaks that he thought he was going to get comes back Mm -hmm. in the end And if he doesn't get all the victory, he does okay. And there, I just, I love, there's something about that. I could watch that story all day.
0: I love it. No, you're, you're right. It's, it's fun. And it, like, baked into that story often is like the guy who takes a gamble on a big idea. Yeah. Right. 100%. And I mean, it was, it was cooked into Jerry Maguire in the sense that, you know, Jerry. In the first act, he has this moment of like conscience where he's like, Wait a minute, I'm a scumbag. I hate my business. I hate the people in my business. And all of his clients leave him and he gets fired, except yeah. for Rod Tidwell. Yeah. And he goes, You know what? I'm I'm going all in on this one client. Yeah. And and it works out. And I think I think there's something about that energy, and Air will will bring that energy in the sense that, you know, it's all about Nikes kind of ascension in the basketball shoe market and going all in on michael jordan yeah i think um, it's
1: uh there's, it's gonna it, be fun it's gonna be really fun and it, what i like mm-hmm. about it what i like about it at a base level is that it's hopeful and what it makes yeah. people believe is that like i can have just a messy half-baked i have no clue what i'm doing idea and dream and like somehow all the pieces can come together and this thing can actually work <laughs> It's it's like what we're all doing in life because none of us know anything. None of us know even we don't have a clue about half the things that we do that people think we have a clue about. And and so those stories kind of represent just really everybody. And then some people just take those ideas to the moon, right? And they become billion-dollar ideas like Air Jordans. And then other people just like find their way in life and they do okay. And it, you know, no, you know, only it it doesn't bring them that level of notoriety, but, um, but they do okay. And they found their, their, their niche and they, they make it happen, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I think, you know, we're kind of (laughs) floundering about waiting for it to happen to us, you know? And from time to time, it's, it's like reassuring to see that it can happen for people. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, It's just so
1: fun. It's It's so fun. It is fun. And then I love seeing, uh, I also love this. I also love seeing actors that usually play successful people kind of play like every man characters that are just kind of bumbling their way i think that's why i I think that's why jerry Maguire to me is still the best thing uh cruise ever did because it's one of the only movies where he ever plays a down on his luck guy and again i know you could say well Mission impossible it's like no but he's like high level like you know that whole you know working in that agency so so yeah like saving the world every every episode or whatever Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is a guy that just like makes it you know writes this this you know this dumb memo it gets him fired and he has right. to crawl his way back, you know, and even yeah. even Cruz couldn't have had himself in like a low level sports agency. It still has to be the premier sports agency yeah. in the world. But, you know, like so even Cruz, you know, he can only stoop down so low. Right. But, he um, can only be
0: so vulnerable, <laughs> right. you know, because he he's not, like the guy in your. <laughs> yeah, he's not. A vulnerable he's like the guy actor. in your small yeah, group. Exactly. Where like, yeah. Everybody's going around like confessing like r- <laughs> real deep sin. And, and yeah. And McGuire's the one who's like, well, you know, I, I've really I've struggled a little bit. Like I yelled at my kids three weeks ago. Yeah, you know, right. And, uh, I, like, I, yeah, oh, you know,
1: we, we, st- you know, we, we, we opened up like four new branches of the company of the million dollar yeah. company I started last week, and I'm just really struggling with like guilt. You know, <laughs> you just, yeah. and you're like, okay,
0: I'm struggling with the anxiety over over how I'm going to invest all my money. Right. You exactly. know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's like, wow. Tom Cruise. That's TC.
0: That must be really hard for you. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Tom. Um, yeah, sorry, Tom. Dude, here's here's another thing about that movie that I'm really looking forward to. It's going to be rooted in the early '80s. Yeah, which means we're going to get some incredible fashion, some great mm. glasses, lots of like cigarette smoking indoors. Um, it's just going to 1984, lots of, man.
1: It's it's primo '80s. You know, what I oh, mean? it's
0: primo '80s, dude. Old phones. Oh yeah, like dudes dressing up for work still. Oh, 100%. like it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I, I can't wait to like. I find myself more and more drawn to media that like um happens before in time periods before the internet like we're watching this have you ever watched this thing on Hulu? it's about um James Franco's in it and he he goes back in time to like try to prevent the kennedy assassination yeah have I've you seen this thing? i've
1: seen i've seen uh yeah I've seen it advertised I haven't watched it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Mm. Uh, it's it's really fun because you spend the majority of it in like 1962 or whatever. Oh wow! And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's fun to be in that world um, and just just see what life was like back yeah. then. And yeah, I, I think people like are that. gonna have a similar experience with. Um, you know, with the early 80s and in, in this movie era, I, I think the movie is going to be huge. I think it's going to be massive. It just, it, it it just
1: kicks all the right boxes for people right now. You know what I'm saying? It's just I think it's just it's yeah. a great sum. It's a great it's not even summer yet. But it's like a it's like a great movie to kind of like tease up, you know, kind of the you know, the next season of, of life and you know everybody kind of, yeah. you know, kind of going into vacation mode and all that stuff. It's just great.
0: Well, and I think it's going to remind people that Damon and Affleck can do like real character work, 100%. you know, yeah, 100%. Um, w- which is going to be a blast. And I'm looking forward to it. And baby, speaking of character work, we have a big movie to talk about mm. you and me. Mm. Uh, it's a movie. It's a franchise that we love. It's Downton Abbey. Mm. And we're going to talk about it after this quick break. All right, baby, we're back. You and I, well documented Downton Abbey enthusiasts. Yes, um, we've been we've been in with this aficionados, experts. I mean, you could say that we both have kind of doctorates in Downton Abbey studies. 100%. You know, not even a question. Yeah. We're Downton Abbey scholars. We're like presenting papers at conferences on this thing. How great you know. would it
1: be if you knew that there were universities <laughs> out there that just wanted you to talk about Downton all day? How, Dude, okay. So, how exciting of a job would that be for you?
0: Oh, I would be incredible. I mean, I would, I would take that job all day long. And, and here's the thing: academia is so ridiculous that this actually happened with another movie. Um, do you know what movie I'm talking about? Um, tell me. Put yourself in the put yourself in the headspace of like 12 to 15 years ago. Okay. It was the It was the Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you had all these like. Postmodern, like literary scholars writing white papers about the Big Lebowski. And the idea of that, this was, this was like right at the beginning of me, like adjuncting a little bit. So I was sort of like smart person adjacent at that time. Like I, <laughs> I, I was like getting to know dudes who, you know, were like English professors or whatever. And it, we'd have these conversations where I'd be like, what are you working on? And they're like, uh, they 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 were like I'm presenting a paper about the Big Lebowski at a conference, and I'm like, are you serious? That's a thing. Like, wow. yeah, America is so prosperous that we have like you know degreed intellectuals writing papers about the Big Lebowski, exactly. which struck me as like the the single dumbest thing I'd ever heard in my <laughs> life, and, and it still sounds exceedingly dumb. And yet, like far dumber things have happened in academia in the past fifteen years. But all that said. If someone were to pay us to be Downton Abbey scholars, we would take it that wouldn't job. Even, it's not even a question. Yeah, it's not, it's a, not even a question. No, yeah. it's not even a question. So, um, baby, the movie that I want to talk about is the most recent Downton Abbey movie, yeah. which I think uh, dropped in 2022. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it then. Yeah. Um, and I didn't see it because, I don't know, we were busy, whatever, all the, all the usual caveats, but also because, like, the first Downton Abbey movie was really, to me, mediocre. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't blow my hair back at all. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the experience, right? Like, sitting with the set design and the characters for two hours was, was a fun experience. But the, the first Downton Abbey movie hit at a level where I was like, it felt like a third-tier episode. Like how every once in a while they would have one of those filler episodes yeah. where nothing really happened, and you could tell they were just kind of mailing it in, and it felt like one of those. It totally I um, totally agree. But I enjoyed the second one more. Mm-hmm. It still wasn't good, right? It still wasn't like like to me it it inched its way up to like second tier episode status, yeah where were you at on it baby i wanna I wanna just talk about that yeah
1: movie. oh baby, I think that's accurate i think i would i think i would i think i hundred percent would put it in that same category. I don't know what it is. I feel like both of the movies um feel like somebody just decided to write a parody on Downton Abbey and they made a movie, right? Like yes. that, that's how yeah. it feels to me. I don't know what, I don't know what they're doing wrong. I don't know if the dialogue, you know, when it's a two hour feature, like it just can't, Yeah, they're, they're missing something. They, they got to cram too much into one thing because, you know, they're, they yeah. you can't wait for the next episode to, to wait to see how it's all going to work out, you know? So I don't yeah. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's in the pacing, the dialogue always feels a little cliché like hey look, we're yeah. Downton Abbey, trying to talk like Downton Abbey people. That's how the movies feel to me.
0: And yes. uh, yeah.
1: But I totally agree. So I the first one was disappointing. The second one, I walked out thinking so much better, like still more of a second-tier issue, but
0: dude, yeah. leaps
1: and bounds better than the first movie. Mm-hmm. Leaps and bounds. You know what I mean? Dude,
0: I agree. I totally agree. So to to your point about the dialogue, I want to talk about that for a minute. And then I have an oddly specific pastoral question vis-a-vis Downton Abbey to lay on you. But I I think what made Downton Abbey the series so brilliant was that it was the ultimate exercise in, like, the slow burn, Mm. right? It was the slowest of slow burns Mm -hmm. where, I don't know, you could do a 55-minute episode on, like... Whether Mr. Bates is going to get like his leg brace taken off or like, you know, uh, is, is Thomas Barrow going to steal bread out of the pantry? You know, so you take this one kind of relatively small thing and you spend an hour and a half on it and, it and it becomes this rich character study where at the end of a season or at the end of the whole series, you feel like, gosh, I really know these people. You know, I know them. I know their motivations because I've sat with them for long periods of time where they're having real-ish conversations. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, these movies, they feel like the kind of the Gilmore Girls version of of actual <laughs> Downton Abbey, where it's like, yeah, rapid fire like machine gun dialogue. Every every line is like a banger, you know. And I, I have a weird Lord Crawley thing. He. He was too skinny and too tan. Oh man! You know?
1: I'm so glad you caught that because I remember when he first came on the screen, and I, like, I looked over at Big M with a big. I was like gasping.
0: I'm like, dude, is he? Yes. okay? Is
1: he gonna make it through the movie? Is he okay? I know.
0: Like, somebody get this man a meal. Yeah. You know, like he looked like he was. He looked like he was playing a movie star. In a I movie, know. And, you know, and you, like, and did you hear that? Like.
1: You know, like when guys have been a certain weight and then they lose a significant amount of weight and it changes their voice? His voice
0: was different. Yes, yes it was. Dude, everything about his bearing was different. Yeah. And yeah, it, it didn't, didn't work. didn't sit well. Like, it did not sit well. Part, part of his character working is, you know, he's, he's British. Like, he's pale. He's a little bit shambling. He has the weight of the world on his shoulders, so he probably eats and drinks a little bit too much. So, yeah, you know... He just looked too elegant, too polished. Um, it didn't work. It was. It I was. Know.
1: It was so weird. It was so weird. It,
0: yeah, and like I, I think another failing of these movies is it's such a massive ensemble cast that they feel like they have to give everybody their touches. It's true. right. Yeah. So everybody gets to be on screen for like two and a half minutes doing something. It seems like they always lean into the wrong characters and storylines. Like. I could absolutely care less that the chauffeur got married and is having a kid. (laughs) Like, that means nothing to me. Like, to me, he was the most boring character in the whole thing. I know, you really
1: hated Tom, didn't you?
0: Tom, I couldn't even remember his name. Tom Branson. I mean, he really is
1: in the top three, like, most popular characters. I
0: mean, really. Dude, so, okay, so take a couple of minutes and explain that to me because I don't get it. But in talking with other people about it, I, I do... I hear that from other people. Well, um, yeah,
1: to me, I liked Tom. It, and it wasn't because his character was so, like, standout or extraordinary. But he, again, it's kind of like going back to our sports movie stuff. He uh, mm. he represented a guy that just, like, he worked himself through the ranks. He, he like, accomplished the impossible, <laughs> man. He, he literally went from being, like, which wouldn't have happened in that time. It was probably so far-fetched if we got into the history of that culture. Mm-hmm. But to go from the chauffeur to literally being like the father of the granddaughter of the Earl of Grantham is right. I, maybe it's not that far fetched. That stuff probably happened, but for him to like actually yeah. secure a place in the family where he was accepted, loved and then contributed, you know, he ended up being like yeah. the agent of the estate and you just kind of yeah. go like, okay, like dude, he crawled, he literally crawled, you know, he came from nothing, you know, he literally crawled through yeah. the dirt and uh yeah. just pulled himself up and he did all that. So Yeah, I don't know that his character itself was, like, you know, the most compelling character, but the storyline is, like, this is crazy.
0: Yes, no, it is. And, like, hearing you explain it makes it appeal to me. (laughs) But for some reason, watching it happen didn't appeal to me. No, I I understand.
1: I I, I get that. I I get that.
0: Yeah, I I think it was because, like, okay, like, he's kind of handsome. He seduces Sybil. That becomes his on-ramp. Here, here was my issue with, with Tom Branson, all right? If all of those things that you said were still true... Yeah. But the one thing that you remove from his character is the kind of weird, chip-on-his-shoulder idealism that he has, yeah. like, in the first couple seasons. Like, the fact that he's basically become everything that he hated that should be interesting but when he does it it's really boring you know like because because he still mentions it from time to time like even in this movie they did like he still struggles he's never they did two lines of dialogue like oh gosh i'm still really conflicted about all this money here like hold my champagne while i like you know cliff dive into the french riviera you know like oh but it's so hard you know it's like I, at some point, you got to stop talking yeah, about know. how hard. I You know, like,
1: while I still decide whether I want to be a socialist or not. You know.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I'm still reading these socialist pamphlets. You know, this stuff really appeals to me. It's like, no, it doesn't. Um, yeah. So, like his his fakeness in that area, I, I think I, I have a problem with it. But no, um, I know,
1: I know. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't add up. You know what I mean? There's the inconsistencies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but but it also there was. I, that was part of the, um, there was that, there was sort of that, there was a compellingness to the fact that he was, you know, you're always wondering like what, like, uh, okay, you know, focus out a little bit on just a personal Mm -hmm. level. It's like everybody has certain ideals that they have to shift, that they have to let mature, mm-hmm. that they have to let go if they want to function in the life that they've been getting. I mean, that's you, that's me, that's everybody, right? We Like, the things yeah. that we thought were so important when we were 21 years old, like, literally we look back on that and we go, well, that was insanely mm-hmm. ridiculous, you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. just, it's maturation and all that stuff, but, um, so there was something about that with Tom where he was constantly that was being thrown in his face like, dude, I thought yeah. you were the, you know, you were the anti, you know, Aristotle guy here you are at the height of it you know yeah, con- yeah. it's like everybody no. is living a contradiction in some
0: ways you know yes that's right oh that's interesting how were you this, this is the last kind of uh like shallow question and then i'll hit you with the pastoral thing um on that moment and i guess we're doing spoilers here but the movie's been out for oh a it's year, been out for a while everybody yeah. it's all good everybody who wanted to see it has seen it where where were you like when it seemed like they were gonna kill off Lord Grantham's wife? Did that do any did did that move the emotional needle for you at all?
1: I mean, I'm trying to remember because I saw it right when it came out. I think I I just you know I'm sort of detached from it now because I'm so I'm such a fan mm-hmm. of the series. So these just felt like somebody was doing a play on Downton Abbey, yes. you know. So I didn't, yeah. I, yeah, it didn't really feel real to me. Whereas this, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. if the series feels real. So yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. I just remember thinking like really like that seems like a really odd turn that they're going to like, why would they do that? It just felt like such an odd turn. Why would they, they're not going to do another movie. The series is dead. Why would they find a need to let her go and just kind of propel everybody into like heartbreak? But I don't, Yeah, I don't, I don't think it like, I don't know how much it moved me emotionally though. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. She's probably my second least favorite character after Tom Branson. Really? So Yeah. Like Lady Grantham, she's never she's never kind of done anything for me. Yeah. Um. And and I think they just felt like they had to generate some conflict because I mean at the end of the day this was a movie about like a rich family getting richer. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Uh, at the end of the day it was a movie about like people who already have everything getting another thing, and I th- I think you had to like bake in some artificial conflict to make you did to make you. F- to make you feel sorry for them for a minute. Um, no, that's 100%. So, 100%,
1: yeah. Here's
0: a, here's a thing on that. And th- this is where I want you to get a little pastoral. Because as I was watching this unfold in real time, I was thinking about the following thing. So the the Dowager Countess dies, right? Which you knew this was going to happen. You knew that in one of these movies, she had to pass the, the metaphorical baton to Lady Mary. Um who I do really like. Where you at on Lady Mary? Let's do 10 seconds on that.
1: Yeah, Lady Mary is probably my least favorite character. Really? I, I Why? Can't,
0: I can't stand
1: her. I just she's she's just uh, her like just her personality, her like snobbiness, her like yeah. her her lack of like any emotional like EQ. It just it destroyed me. I I literally I can't stand Mary. That's fascinating. Yeah. So I can't like, believe we, so we... like when, when Tom had her, mo- like when, when Tom and her sister had that moment at the end, you know, the end of the series yeah. with her, I was like, finally, somebody tells Mary what everybody's been afraid to tell Mary. Cause she's, I just don't like bullies and she just was a straight up bully, you know? Yeah, so. I guess she was. I mean, dude, um... it doesn't mean you can't like her character. I just, it, I just, she drove me up the wall. I just wanted to see her. I wanted to see her just be taken down.
0: I guess my thing with her is that especially in this movie but maybe in the series like her conflictedness seemed the most honest in the sense that like
1: I can see that I wouldn't disagree with that
0: yeah yeah she she's kind of in this loveless marriage to this you know idiot who's like trying to drive race cars and is never around and like and her her conflict vis-a-vis basically I have the talent to be mean and calculating in the same way that the Dowager Countess was. And I'm sort of at odds with it, but I sort of need to lean into it for the family, but also because it's what I enjoy, right? Um, so, like, of, of all the character kind of plates that they're still continuing to spin, hers felt the most honest. And, I mean, look, it was, it was fun to see Molesley, like, get to write a movie, which was ridiculous. It was like, so ridiculous. Yeah, this guy that's been, like, I don't know, butlering and shining shoes is apparently, like, uh, I don't know, J.J. Abrams. You know, he's, like, this incredible screenwriter. <laughs> and it's, like, where did that come from? Of course but it's Mosley, um, of course. Of, of course it's Mosley, and, like, he pulls, he gets, he gets his lady. and um, So, I guess of, of all the plates that they had spinning in that movie, that one felt the most honest. But here's, here's my oddly specific pastoral thing, and this will take us to the end. So, in that scene where the Dowager Countess is dying, Um, they so sort of sanitized it, right? So they're all up in this beautiful gilded room, and everybody's, like, dressed for dinner, so they're all wearing, like, you know, tuxedos and evening gowns, and they're all sort of gathered around the Dowager Countess, and she's, like, firing off one-liners left and right, right up until the moment where she closes her eyes, and then she's dead. Yeah. And to me that was an example of hollywood like so sanitizing a thing that we should be at odds with right so as as christians especially you know death is this manifestation of sin and the fall and it's ugly right and it's 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 ugly to think about it and reflect on it and we are to be at odds with it and yet they made it look so sort of i mean they made it look like she was embarking on a cruise right <laughs> like like she was you know like boarding a ship and waving and like tossing a bouquet of flowers and 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 it 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 was the most like gentle sort of uh nondescript death scene i've maybe ever seen in a movie yeah. and not that i was not that i'm arguing for i'm not arguing for something gross or something uh, kind of over the top or whatever but I, I, again it just seems so like the world to try to take something that we should be at odds with and make it look fine, you know. Yeah. T- speak to that.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, on one hand, I I felt like it. It they I got what they were trying to do. You know, they they were trying to they were trying to create a, an ending that could legitimately end the series, put everybody yep. at rest. I mean at the mm-hmm. end of the day, you know, the Dowager really was kind of in a, in a sense she was running the whole show. You know, it was yeah. it was really, you know, Downton was really was really her house. And yeah. I mean she was really the one at the end of the day that kept that was really the keeper of the traditions that that was keeping those houses alive well into like the 20th century, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And yeah. um so to to kind of put her to rest created this like, okay, the world can move on now, right? Whatever happens next. Yeah. It was the end of yeah. that, that era. And um, so I understand what they were trying trying to do with it. I just don't, I just think it was, um what's the word I'm trying to get to here? I just think it was, um, I think by the time you get to it, they didn't, they did it in such a way to your point that didn't, they, they didn't allow you to like grieve for it in a, yeah. in, a, in a weird way mm-hmm. you know kind of to, kind of to, i think to what you're saying like they just yeah. they made it as a matter of course rather than yeah. allowing us to see well hey what like what does it mean for someone from her era to die what does it look like now like do they all feel permission to like move more into the modern era because someone yeah. like her doesn't have to keep those traditions alive do they feel free now um yeah like, like what like we didn't get to see any of the implications of her death so i don't know right. if it was just like it was almost like treat. It was it was treating it. Uh, it was treating it was treating the death in a way that didn't allow us to see what either good or bad would would come on the heels of it. If, if that makes sense, I, I don't know. It's complex yeah. a little bit. It, but it know.
0: does. Yeah, and it is. Do you do you feel like there for sure won't be another movie?
1: Well, you know, I think for a lot of the fans, you know, I mean, you, if you stacked it up, the Dowager was probably the, it's probably the number one favorite character of everybody in Downton Abbey overall, you know, it's hard to argue with that, you know, but, you know, because of her, her one-liners were legendary. So I don't know if people would even want to see a a Downton without the Dowager unless they, so what they could do, they could do, they could go origin story. They could bring it back to when Dowager was young and she had her husband and I could see them like doing like early years down.
0: Oh, yeah. You know what? That's what that's what they're gonna do. Kind of like the reverse Yellowstone thing that you're seeing on like Paramount Plus or whatever, where it's 1823 and then it's yep. 1923 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I would. I would be in on that.
1: I'd be interested. And they kind of all different characters, so it wouldn't be the same thing at all. But
0: yeah, And a- they kind of laid the groundwork for it in the sense that you got. So in the la- in the last two Downton Abbey movies, you sort of get like the <laughs> the dating history of the Dowager Countess, you know, you you get like I know. you know the Russian guy that she was involved with and now this French guy that she was involved with and like you know each of those things could be a season. Oh, totally. You know. Yeah. Um yeah, which would be really fun. I would I would actually be in on something like that. Well, and then you wonder um,
1: you wonder about the writer too, you know, like these guys mm. I mean, he's done other stuff, you know, nothing, of course, has, you know, reached the heights of what he did with Downton, Julian Fellows. And I wonder if, like, hey, what if we did, you know, you know, we started it at 1850 when the Dowager was just she was coming into her kind of prime. And what if, you know, what if we did a series based on based on that? You know, like, how would that be? Yeah. I mean, I would be super down with that, obviously.
0: I would, too. Um, Yeah, I I, I would, too.
1: It would be totally different, different characters, obviously, all that stuff. But, I mean, dude, that would really pique my interest, man, down in the early years, you know?
0: Well, and here's what would be fun about that. You would get to see, like, young versions of certain characters that we love, right? Like a a young Mrs. Hughes, you know, a, a young Mr. Carson uh a young mrs patmore you know i mean it would, it would that would rip that would be amazing yeah dude. and
1: you get to see lord grantham when he was maybe like a teenager just kind of coming yeah. into the coming into his own with like society and like what his story was right. and what what like and how he dude eventually getting to where like he just married he he just married uh cora for you know because of her money yeah. and how all well, the conflict yeah. with that i mean that there's so yeah. many stories that could be told that that just they hint yeah. at yeah yeah
0: yeah, the conflict over Cora, like being an American, and yeah, all the all upheaval that. that caused the yeah, totally. No, it'd be, it'd be amazing. Uh, maybe they should hire us to write that. They probably should. That
1: be, They probably
0: should. That that would be our like uh, making a fortune thing. It, it it would be the equivalent of us like inventing Air Jordans. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, <laughs> it would be our own Air movie. It would be our own air movie, absolutely. Yeah, they would, you,
1: Matt Damon and Affleck um, could come out with a movie just called Abby, and it would be about us writing, the, <laughs> <laughs> writing the early version of Downton. It would be incredible. Yeah, dude. You know,
0: dude. Damon, like <laughs> Damon, would play like young Lord Grantham, and and Affleck could be <laughs> Affleck could be like young, uh, young Mister Carson. You know, he's he's got the same kind of coloring. He's a little bit taller um i love it let's let's or damon can just play you
1: in. affleck can play me as they play, as they like try to get this script
0: you yeah so like a meta thing it, yeah right yeah a movie about the making of abby like yeah abby. yeah oh i love it yeah yeah abby like right, these two, right like
1: these two dudes this professor and this pastor whose biggest <laughs> dream was to write a downton script and it actually worked julian actually adopted the script created yeah. down abby origin story and it ended up being like the biggest thing like network television biggest thing like you know paid television ever ever had.
0: Yes. You know, they are the right ages. Like Damon and Affleck could play us. Oh, 100%. You know. Yeah, 100%. So Damon and Affleck and their families if you're listening and we know you are. uh um, Yeah, they are. Let's let's make a deal. Let's make a Hollywood deal. Yeah, let's do it. And Let's let's do it. Let's have some fun with it. Let's make a blockbuster picture together. Yeah, there's no reason not to. And nobody nobody's gonna yeah. love Downton
1: as, as as much as as much as we are, are right? You yeah. Know? I guess we gotta let's make. I guess we gotta actually do the thing where we get the script published and they make it before we, <laughs> before Damon and Adler <laughs> no, no,
0: no, no, no. Now uh, no, don't go defeatist on me, okay? Like I don't <laughs> I don't think we need to. I I think we sell this thing as a concept. We sell it as a whole package, right? And this is the ultimatum. Damon and Affleck, if you're listening, you have 24 hours to to make a motion picture with us. To contact Let's make us. a deal. Yeah. Or else we're going to walk away from the table, okay? So this thing yeah. this thing has a it has a shelf life on it. And by the time you download this episode, you've got you've got 24 hours. Yeah. And, we need to uh, get on it is our, what
1: you're saying. We don't have a lot of time. We, we need to get on this.
0: We got to get on it before somebody else does. I mean, our our phones are going to be ringing off the hook. Yeah. And it's it's baby, true. I just I just I hope one of those calls is from Damon and Affleck. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I don't know. You I, know, I, I, I can see it happening. You know, I'm just de- I'm gonna keep it. my schedule yeah.
1: clear today, just in case. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Keep the schedule clear, keep the phone lines open, you know, uh and, and let's let's make a motion picture together. Let's make a deal. Baby, we've we've done what we always do on this program, in that um we talked about a couple of movies and had a great idea. And um you know, it's an idea that <laughs> that won't that won't happen, that won't make us rich. Um we're gonna get paid one hundred and fifty dollars in six months for this podcast, and maybe make seventy five hundred dollars together writing a book at some point. But uh, but it, it's fun to dream about about Abby the movie, mm. starring Damon and Affleck mm. as us. I, mm. uh, I I would watch that. Maybe um, we've done what we've always <laughs> we've done what we always do in this program. We've wandered to and fro throughout some topics, and until next time.
1: We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grotheis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.